And we're going to turn to the word of the Lord here today. And we're going to be in the book of John. And so if you have a Bible or Bible app and you'd like to follow along, you can turn to John chapter 14. And we'd like to have some scripture reading from the different uh, uh, languages represented here in our community, our body of Christ here. So I'm going to invite uh, Syrah. I did remember this time, Syrah. And uh, Rachel, is that right? Rachel, are you sharing? All right. I'm going to have Rachel and Syrah come on down. Juan 12, 5 a 6 Dijo entonces Tomás Señor no sabemos a dónde vas Así que cómo podemos conocer el camino Yo soy el camino, la verdad y la vida Le contestó Jesús Nadie llega al Padre Sino por mí Acono batoma Acogre No cuaro Canochie acogua Jorogoni, Ungadwagon D, Nakoji Sajire, Beani Nijo, Nanaga Diri, Nanaga Quo, Nubungad Mo Bangwo, Nanakene Boy Kra, Manogadwajo. The way many languages, the truth is still the same. As they read for us, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. But through me. Easter is fantastic, right? It's such a great time, right? Even if it's cloudy and it's going to snow on Easter in Minnesota. Easter's still great, right? Yeah. There's so many reasons why Easter is great. Obviously, Jesus is risen and it has huge implications for our life and not just this life. But it means there's more than this life. But it brings us together. There's family. How many are going to have a family meal today? How many are you going to join us for, for, for lunch today after church? I hope that you guys will join us. We have a big party planned. We're going to be out at the field house, uh, uh, the city indoor uh, rec facility there afterwards. Please come and join us. You're all welcome. And of course, when your family gets together, you got to eat, right? And you got to eat, and it's usually, it's good food, right? It's not bad food. You don't make bad food on Easter. You make good food, right? Maybe there's some ham... Maybe there's some lamb, some chicken. Anybody doing some smoking today? No, no smoking. All right, it's just too cold for that. We're, we're still working our way out here. What I love, in addition to the good meal, uh, and, and I've had the privilege, of course, as a pastor, you get a chance to eat at a lot of different places and a lot of different homes, and, and uh, including with my own family growing up. And, and after the meal, of course, you've got the main course and everything, and and uh, the table's getting cleared, and the plates are clinking and everything. You're taken to the, to the kitchen there. And you're told to, uh, in, in some places, you, you, you don't have lots of silverware. So you're told to keep your fork. <laughs> told to keep your fork. Do you know why you keep your fork? The best is yet to come. Because what's next, what's coming next is dessert. Who loves dessert? 
I love dessert. Sometimes I eat my dessert first because I can't wait. You know, there's only so much room in your tummy. And so you've got to have priorities, right? You got to get that in there first, right? But typically dessert comes afterwards. And that fourth day, this is a reminder, this fork, as we're told, keep your fork. The best is yet to come. Well, Jesus, his resurrection is a reminder for us to keep our fork. Because the best is yet to come. If you haven't turned there, go ahead and do so. John 14, verses 1 through 11 is where we will be today. John says this, let not your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus speaking. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you had known me, You would have known the father also from now on. You do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long that you do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the father. The father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. Friends, let's let's go to the Lord here in prayer as we receive his word for our hearts to be open, for us to be changed by the resurrected king. Holy Spirit, we ask that as we hear your word, as we're present here this Easter day, it's not just another showing up. It's not just a going through the motions, Lord God. Father, stir in us hunger. To hear you, to know you, Jesus. You, you say here in your word, I am the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Lord, I pray, Spirit, for you to work in our hearts. Lord, that we would catch your vision. That there is more that you have accomplished because of the resurrection. And there, there is more that is guaranteed, Lord God. May we, Father... Be gripped by this guarantee. May we not be so callous, Lord, to just keep living as we are, thinking this is the best it is. This is the best it's going to get. Spirit, I pray I need you to work in me. 
Spirit, I need your power. I need your clarity. I want your word. Speak your truth through me. In your name we pray. Amen. Jesus is with his disciples, and it's the last night before he would die. So we're kind of backing things up just a little bit here where we're at in John 14. He's just explained to the disciples, I'm going to have to go. I've got to go. You can't come where I'm going. You won't be able to follow. Because Jesus was talking about the cross, that only he could go to the cross to pay our penalty, to take God's wrath, all of it on himself for you and me. They needed Jesus to go to the cross, but they didn't understand. They still don't. But Jesus has created all kinds of confusion. You see, they knew, they knew that he had come from God, but they just didn't know how he would accomplish his mission. They knew he was the king, but they didn't know what kind of king. And so they're confused. What, you're going away? You, you, you came here to, to save us. You're go, what, do you, what do you mean you're going away? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. We, we've got such a good thing going. People are just getting to know you and you see your miracles. What's, what's going on? Everything seems to be crumbling in their minds. And so he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me. He, he, Jesus is, is speaking, trust me. Though you're afraid that everything's going to fall apart and, and this great plan that you have in your minds isn't going to be accomplished by me leaving, trust me. Listen, you've been with me for three years. You've seen all that I've done. You've seen me raise the dead. Trust, trust me. My leaving, my going means you're good. I've got a plan. Trust me. Now, now, now we're not in the same place as the disciples. By any means, we're 2,000 years the other side of this. Our question may be, may be different. Our confusion may be different of where are you, Jesus? Why, why are you taking so long? You know, we're caught up in the troubles of our, of our daily life, the grind, the depression. The, we've got all the divisions in our, in our own nation, maybe in your own home, brokenness, marriages and relationships, and mental health struggles, loss. Dear loved ones taken from us, cancer, traumas. We've got wars going on and atrocities and injustices. And we're like, where are you, God? Where are you, Jesus? Are you coming back ever? Maybe it leads some of you to ask the question, do you even exist? And Jesus says, dwell to us in our trouble. Trust me. If I conquer death, I'm working. I'm working. Trust me. Jesus goes on to explain here. Is he doing? In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I, I am going 
to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'm going to come back to bring you to be with me where I am. Jesus is going means there's something better that he's working on, that he's planning for, that he's putting into place. His resurrection. And today I don't have time to go into all the various evidence. If that's a hang up for you, whether Jesus really did rise from the dead, let's talk. Because it's not some fantasy that we're just mindlessly throwing ourselves out. There's an enormous amount of empirical evidence and situational evidence for us to believe this. Now, if it's true, assuming that Jesus did rise from the dead, with all the testimony and evidence that we have, if it's true, then what he means is it was his resurrection that leads to him leaving and going to be with the Father, and he's doing something right now. Preparing a place. He had to go through death. He had to go through hell for you and me in order to go back to the Father, making the way for us. And what that is, is a place. What is this place that he prepares? What is this place? Some of your translations may even say mansions. This going, there's many rooms that it talks about here. What he's speaking of is both the volume. There's numerous, the space in my father's house. It's a big house. Some of you grew up in the 90s where maybe followed Jesus then and there was an audio adrenaline song. Big house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. I won't shame you all by singing it. I do do that sometimes. He's saying it's vast in its space, meaning there's room for everyone. There's room enough for everyone. And it's not just a good room. It's not like, you know what? We're going on family vacation and we just got to get a place and we find Motel 6 or that shady place. And they still got spots on the carpet and the bed's a little bit kind of, uh, you know, you wonder what just happened there. No, no, no. Jesus doesn't give you Motel 6. You see, Paul explains, he's lavished on us. He's not withheld anything for us, but, but going and throwing extravagantly his riches at us in creating this home for us. Home. Home. Not only is the space, there's a room for everyone, but it is rich. It's lavish. It's beautiful. It's pleasurable. It is better than anything we can imagine. The best, what Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples is I've got to go because the best isn't now. The best is yet to come. My going by means of the resurrection guarantees that. You know the trouble is some of you have kids or, 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 or even your, your uncles or aunties and, and, and where you've tried, you're going on a vacation or you're leaving and trying to communicate like this is epic. This is so great where we're going to go. We're going to the, to the, to the beach or we're, we're going to the mountains. It's amazing. Like you can't, like it's so big. The ocean's so vast. It's going to blow your, the mountains so huge. You, you know those vacations where you're trying to explain to your kids and, and as you're like, and they just, 
not getting it, right? They're just not caught up sharing in the, 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 the energy and the joy. They just can't catch that emotion of being there. You know what it's like when you've stood on the edge of the ocean. When you've, when you've beheld mountains, when you stare up into the sky and you see the galaxies and you feel so small and it's amazing. You go to worlds of fun and you go down that, that, or, 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 or valley fair and you go down that, 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 that roller coaster and you like almost lose your lunch and you're screaming and it's like, I'm, I almost lost my life. Let's do it again. It's amazing. And they can't get it. They don't get it. The disciples just aren't, aren't, aren't quite fully understanding. And, and, and we're like them. We're like them. We, we, don't, we don't fully get what is this place that God, that Jesus is going, where he's at now working while, while we're, 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 we're waiting for his return. What, what is it like? I'm going to do my best to just try to open our minds here. Because when we get a vision of what Jesus is working on now, when when we can open our imagination and when we step out in faith and believe that the best is yet to come it changes how we see life now we're not going to keep holding on to things that slip through our fingers and the joys that we have that are so temporary we're going to cling to Jesus This is a physical space, what Jesus is talking about. You know, we have images in our minds of heaven and, and, and that kind of bore us, if you will. We've got these like fat little, you know, chubby kind of people sitting on clouds that, are, you know, have some wings and they got their little harp that they're playing. And, and uh, you know, we just think like heaven's all about just we're going to be singing songs and be kumbaya. And that sounds really boring. Our vision of heaven our vision of what Jesus is, 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 is accomplishing for us is far too small. And it, we, 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 we let our, be contained by the things, by our own minds, rather than letting God explode our minds. It is a physical place. We turn to Revelation. Revelation 21. It's on the screen here. This is a revelation. This is a vision that God gave John, the apostle John. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. These words are true. What, what, what would John explain? What he saw was a physical space that, that's likened to, to, to the, the, the earth and, and, and the heavens that we have now, the, or the universe in other terms. It's going to be a physical space. This, this wasn't just this kind of pilot that, oh, you know, I messed up, scrap it, we're going to start with something completely different. No, th- this was a foretaste. 
This, this physical space, the, 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 the skin and the flesh that we have, the, the ground underneath our feet, the tangibility of, of all of this is, is going to be a part of heaven. It's a real space. It's physical. It's not ethereal. God in his presence will no longer be this, this kind of distant and invisible thing. See, in heaven, there's going to be all things physical. We'll be able to see God. Just consider that in of itself. How amazing that would be. But did you hear there in the presence of God? Be, be, heaven isn't merely a place. It is the presence of God. Because it's God's unrestricted presence. There's no evil. There's no injustice. There's no more dying. There's no fear anymore. Can you imagine? No fear. No fear about what you might lose. No fear about what might come next. No fear about, about whether we're going to mess things up. No guilt. It's gone. No tears. Your trauma, your pain, your losses healed. Healed. Can you imagine being whole? Doesn't that sound amazing? Because we're in the presence of God. We'll have new bodies that are eternal, that don't die. Bodies that can contain and sustain unrestricted, unlimited pleasure and joy. Can you imagine that? Did you know you were made for unlimited, unrestricted pleasure and joy? Did you know that? David explains in Psalm 16, the, the nature of God's presence. And this was meant for us to experience in God's presence. He says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God is not absent from pleasure. He's the author of pleasure. The things that we, that we experience in this life uh, of family romance love you know that dessert and how it lights up and 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 causes those dopamine receptors to just go off god made us to experience pleasure god made sex he just, he, he didn't just it doesn't just happen he made it himself god designed food god made us for relationships god made us for recreation sports came from god all the things we experience joy and pleasure in in this life are a foretaste. But, but do you know what? The problem is we try to grab onto these things, the relationships, these, these sources of pleasure, and we try to find fulfillment in them, right? And they keep slipping through our fingers. Relationships break. People die. We can't get enough of, uh, of the, the substances to give us the pleasure. And there's pain in this life. All these things point to something. There's greater fulfillment. They're not bad things, but our problem is we make these good things ultimate things and we worship them when we need Jesus. We won't have the capacity to fully experience pleasure unending, joy unending until we're with him. You see, he's preparing a place. The best is yet to come. (laughs) 
what happens oftentimes, like I mentioned, we tend to think the things that are, we experience pleasure in now, like this is it. Like it can't get much better. The scriptures talk about this language of shadow and the real thing or something having a form or an appearance. It's a copy. And then there being the real thing. Jesus is the real thing. Jesus is creating the real thing for us. The, the, the real thing is coming. The things that we experience in this life, these temporary pleasures and joys are, 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 are just an anticipation of the fullness. I, I need a couple volunteers. I need some kiddos. I need, come on up. A couple kiddos. Come on, come on, glory. Come on, guys. All right. I've got some food up here. All right, man. Okay. All right. We're good. I got some food up here. All right. I got some tasty, delicious food for y'all to try. Okay. You guys, uh, are you guys going to be brave for me? You're going to be brave for me. Okay. I appreciate that. It's really delicious food, by the way. Mm -mm. Oh my goodness. Look at this. Can you guys just, mm, I can smell the plastic from here. Oh, it's delicious. Look, we got some fried chicken. We got some pizza. We got a hamburger. Who's first? Oh, you're going to, you're going to try. No, I'm, you don't have to try. You don't, you don't, you don't have to try. Do you really want to try? No, our two-year-olds have already eaten most of this. So I wouldn't recommend it. Is this really yummy food? No, it's not. Why? Because it's plastic. It's plastic. It's fake, right? Right? You want the real thing, right? Thank you. You guys can sit down. Actually, I've got two granola bars. You guys can try to find a way to split it between y'all. Jesus bless them. Have Jesus bless them. It'll be enough. <laughs> Just like this food, it's fake. It's fake. I mean, none of us would really eat it. It's not the real thing. It's, it's an image of the real thing. Our two-year-olds literally do. They eat this in the nursery. They're going after it. It's hard for us to let go that the things in this life, they are fake compared to what God has for you in his presence. What we struggle with is not that we don't believe in heaven. It's that we lack the imagination to consider that heaven is so infinitely better than now. Did you guys get that? It's not that we don't believe in heaven. We think, oh yeah, heaven, I need, I, you know, I want to eventually get there, but you know, someday, like not now, Jesus, because now is better. We, we believe that. We lack the imagination to consider that maybe, maybe God is doing something. And his presence is what I need. And it's so much better. Infinitely better. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy, not partial, not limited, not, 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 it, it lasts for a moment. Fullness of joy, pleasures forever, evermore. He has for you and me. It's not that we don't believe, we lack the imagination 
to trust him, to believe beyond our senses. Now, the disciples are much like us. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told them, you, 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 you may not know where I'm going, but you know, you know the way. And Thomas, Thomas is a really practical guy. Thomas is the one who would say, you know, I'm not going to believe Jesus is raised from the dead unless I touch his body. All right. Some of us are, are, are that you've said it. Like, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Right. Some of you are like that. Thomas is a really, really practical guy. Thomas is asking, show me, show me the way, like, give me the instructions. Like some of us, some of us like to take a, you know, Ikea box and like, I'm going to figure it out. Well, forget it. It's Ikea. You're not going to figure it out. We like to take something else, a box that we get and we want to figure it out. And others like, no, show me the instructions. I need to follow the steps. Thomas is one of those guys. Like, give me the instructions. How, how, how do we get to where you're going? Jesus, lay it out. Make it clear and plain to me. Jesus explains to Thomas, I am the way. The way isn't, isn't a list of do's and don'ts. The way isn't something you do. The way, the way to, the, to the Father's house is Jesus. It's a person. Many of you are trying to come to God and you're trying, like, if I just follow the right instructions, just tell me what to do. I'm going to, I can take care of it. That, that many of us are stuck in that place. I want to save myself. And Jesus is saying, no, I am your salvation. I'm the way. I'm the truth, the life. You can't get there on your own. You got to come through me. I'm the only access. And they couldn't see it now. They couldn't understand that Jesus had to die and take hell in their place. Friends, every one of us deserves the justice of God. We want it for other people, but we forget that we're broken. We're imperfect. We have broken God's ways. We've disobeyed as we heard in the story earlier. God is loving. God is love. And you cannot have love without justice. That's not love. And we all deserve that. God showed his love by Jesus taking the justice of God in himself. Jesus is the way to God. But we got to come and trust him. We got to come through him. Jesus is the only source of truth. Jesus is the only source of life. And we're, as we keep trying to find meaning and purpose through things in this world as parents, as lovers, in our careers, if I just get enough money, working for that boat, working for that bling, working for that approval and that glory, there's no life in that. All of that is just a mirage. It's empty and you know it, but we keep chasing it because we can control it. You see, when we come to Jesus and receive that he's the way, the truth, and the life, we have to surrender. We got to give up control. We got to say, I, I can't, I don't know it all. You do. That there is no salvation in my substances. There is no salvation in my relationships. There is no salvation in me being good enough. My life comes from you alone. You're the only reason to live. Are you trying to come to the Father by any other way, friends? Are you looking to something else in this life to save you? 
to fulfill you? Are you looking to yourself? Friends, we have to understand as, as pleasurable as heaven is, it is just as painful as hell is. It's a real place, just as heaven is real. If it's going to be your way, your way, God will let you have it and it will lead you right to hell. But when we surrender and receive, Jesus is the only way to the Father. Lord, I want you. I want your way. Begin that home in me now. I believe the best is yet to come. Friends, there's hope. There's life. You're going to begin to taste heaven now. Through Jesus. Philip responds to Jesus saying, Lord, show us the father. It is enough for us. Jesus was with them for three years. Again, he just saw Jesus raise somebody from the dead. All of his teaching, everything. And Philip still couldn't get it. Philip relying on his own perception. This is where a lot of culture is headed right now. You are the source of truth. You in you. And your personal experience is your truth. Every person has truth. And what's true for you is true. Even if it contradicts with truths of other people. This system, individual expressionism, individual expressivism, moral relativism, postmodernism, these things are logically incoherent and lead and and are obviously causing even our society, even in America, to be to fall apart and unravel. Everybody cannot be right. It's impossible. And when we, we, we support that, we live in that place where, where, where it's just up to me. I, I can figure this out. I'm the one who can find truth on my own. We're in the same result. And we're on that highway to hell. Jesus is the only source of truth. Philip had Jesus right in front of him. And in his own perception, he couldn't understand the truth about who Jesus was. And Jesus explains, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is truth. Jesus concludes this conversation saying, reminding them, listen. I and the Father are one. We are the same person. We are the same being. The authority I have comes from the Father. So believe, believe me. We can trust Jesus. We can trust Jesus. Though there's trouble in this world, there's trouble in your life, there's uncertainty in your home, there's pain, there's, there's, there's chaos in our world. We can trust Jesus. The best is yet to come. You know, you're broken. And you need healing. The best is yet to come. He's working. 
though it seems like it couldn't get any better right now, and you have so many good things, it's only better the best is yet to come. Don't set up shop now. Don't trust in your moment. Don't trust in your stuff and your good feeling. The best is yet to come. There's a woman who, as the story goes, who's terminally ill, and she explained, she was talking to the pastor, preparing for her her funeral in advance because she knew where things were going. And she explained, as we talked about at the beginning of the sermon, that, that at home, growing up, After the meal was done, mama would say, save your fork. Save your fork. The best is yet to come. And she explained to the pastor, she said, when I'm in my casket, will you please, this this fork, will you please put this in my hands and put it on my chest? Because I want people to ask. I want people to ask when they walk by my casket. And I want you to tell them my story because I know with my pain and my sorrow and my troubles, I know the best is yet to come through Jesus Christ. And so, so he did. And she sat there in her glory in that casket with her fork. And the pastor had to explain to many people and in the service the hope that she had of heaven because now is just a shadow. The real is yet to come. And it is the best. Let us, let us imagine. Let us imagine something greater, something greater and more pleasurable. Let God blow your minds. Come through Jesus. Come through Jesus today. If, if, if you've not surrendered to Christ, if you're trusting in your own self for truth, if you're trusting in the things of this life for hope and salvation and pleasure, come now to Christ. Let's talk. Let's pray. Surrender. Let heaven start now because that's what the resurrection means. His life isn't just then. It starts now. Amen? So keep your forks, friends, because... Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. That your resurrection guarantees for us that this life, this life is the worst it gets if we come by you. Jesus, I pray for those who are wrestling with trusting in you, Lord God, who are wrestling with giving up control in their life, who are wrestling with believing that there is more, that it is better, that they can trust you, Lord. I pray you would break in. That you, Jesus, would would give them that sense to look in your eyes just as a tender father does as you take a child's hands in their, in your, you take the child's face in your hands and to let their eyes see your eyes, Lord God, and Lord, let them see you and trust you. Spirit, we pray, move. Lord God, we pray that for those of us who have trusted you, Father, forgive us for where we've trusted other things, where we look to other things for pleasure and joy, Lord God, and trusting in them to, to save us or, 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 or to, to, to take, take care of the pain and numb the pain. Lord Jesus, we come to you and we trust in you again. 
that in you alone, Lord God, is their life. And you have secured the best to come. And we want that. We want your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.